Hello, everyone. You're listening to Elisa Unfiltered Living Life Out Loud, the podcast. My name is Elisa Curry-Lowitz, and I'm here today speaking from the heart to inspire and motivate you to be your best self. There is so much more to life than the nine to five daily grind, and I want to share all of my secrets with you. So let's get started. Welcome to the Elisa Unfiltered Podcast. My name is Elisa, and today it is Wednesday, March the 2nd, 2022. Okay, so welcome to March. <laughs> My God, fl- time is flying by. It's like, it, it, it's shocking to me, shocking. Anyways, today's episode has nothing to do with time flying, <laughs> but it is so, so, so needed in this time period in this day, in how we are experiencing time and how we are living our lives. This entire podcast is, I don't know, it's like a friendly reminder of your power, of your worth and your ability to manage your mind and therefore your emotions and your actions, reactions and 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 wellness, really. So if you're listening right now and you feel the heaviness of the world. I mean, how how can you not feel that? How can you not have an how can the 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 energy of the world not impact your life at this time? You know, because it is whether you're aware of it or not. There is a heaviness of the wars of the world, of the discrimination in so many aspects of that word. Um, and then in, in the power struggles, the collective energy, so all of us. And you might be questioning yourself and who you are at, at an exponentially higher level um, and, and, and sort of like uh, feeling this sense of disbelief and denial and the urge to escape or numb or do whatever you have been conditioned to do when things get hard, when life is hard. That is that is coming up over and over again. And I know in the back of, of so many people's minds is just that statement of, I just want things to get back to normal. And in reality, what I personally believe this means is say when we say I just want things to get back to normal what we're really saying is I just want to feel safe again in my life right because some days you might feel completely fine totally normal under control and then other days it's like this like panic disbelief and anger does that sound about right I mean, it's really interesting how the stress, the global stress, this dysregulation of our nervous system is affecting people right now. I mean, having dozens of conversations with people who just feel burnt out, like they 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 aren't able to work out in the same way that they used to. They are stressed about going to family gatherings. They don't feel safe in their in certain people's homes or 
in restaurants or as like the mandates and such are lifting around the world, at least in Canada, they are. I'm not sure about other countries, but people have this sense of like dis-ease and, and <clears throat> the ways in which we are experiencing stress and internalizing it and creating a narrative around it is all so interesting and it's all really surrounded or it's all really coming into um, <clears throat> just a few words, really. It's like burnout, overwhelm, stress. Like, and, and, and some people can't quite pinpoint exactly what that stress looks like. Some people just can't decide on <laughs> what to eat anymore or, or what to do anymore. They, they don't want to make decisions. They don't want to be responsible for those decisions. They um, aren't sleeping well. They just don't feel like showering. <laughs> they don't know what to wear. Like there's all these like really small things that don't seem like much, but when it's at compounded and added together, our lives are just in a state of disarray. We, we have no certainty and therefore wellness. And and I just want to preface this and say I'm not above this emotional roller coaster either. I feel it too. And I'm willing to bet that the vast majority of human beings on this earth are feeling it in some way, shape, or form, especially kids. Especially kids. And because when threat is present or the illusion of threat, that's a big, there's an asterisk around that because not all threats are real. There's an illusion that you are unsafe. It's the story of the threat or unsafety. The human mind will create chaos immediately. That is the conditioned mind. This is how we survive, right? Fear is uh, whether it's rational fear or irrational, right? Irrational means like clear and present danger. Irrational means the idea or the story, okay? It's not, you're not actually in danger. You're just creating danger in your mind. Most people are living in survival mode right now, which is a state of fear, whether they're in danger or surrounding themselves with the story of danger. Now, I'm not going to talk about this per se. We're not talking about survival. We are. We're not talking about fear, rational versus irrational. Today, I want to point you in the direction of creating an abundance of self-worth and self-care and identifying the conditioned mind and why you think the way you think. This is like my favorite subject. This is what intuitive awareness really is. It's like how, and, and your conditioned mind during times of stress and chaos. Why do I want to talk about this? Because amidst the chaos, we are forgetting who we are. We're forgetting who we are as humans. We're forgetting our worth. We're forgetting our value and our own personal power. These are big elements to our overall wellness. We are forgetting how worthy we are of love and of the things that we want and of caring and compassion and, and holding our values to the utmost, like on a pedestal, holding our values on a pedestal. We're forgetting that. And I can't say this enough. Think about, think about 
how much your life has changed in the last two years. And maybe you, maybe your world didn't blow up. Maybe it did. I mean, maybe you have the same job and the same income and, and your wellness hasn't been threatened to the same extent as others. There's a huge sliding scale of how the, the pandemic has affected people's lives. Maybe the structure of your life hasn't changed so much and, or maybe it has blown up, like, like I said. So when I speak about change, maybe think about how things have changed in regards to how you treat certain family members, friends, businesses, neighbors, people doing their job. Think about how you react when someone says something you don't like. When someone chooses something you would never choose. When someone obeys the rules. When someone doesn't obey the rules. Where does your mind go? How do you posture yourself in these situations? How have you been learning to posture yourself over the last couple of years? And we're going to talk about <clears throat> what posturing means a little bit more in a second. But when you are feeling stressed, how are you taking care of yourself? Are you taking care of yourself? That's like more of the question. In this time of stress, what are you doing? Are you just like in response like mode? Like... Uh, or excuse me, reaction mode? Are you just like trying to endure and bear this stress? Or are you taking steps to put your put space between yourself and the things that are stressing you out so that you can fill yourself with love and compassion and downregulate your central nervous system? How much do you value filling your own cup? How much do you value regulating your nervous system and your emotions and, and calming yourself? How has living in a state of perpetual survival mode changed the way you see yourself, the way you love yourself, the way you practice self-care? All right, these are a lot of hypothetical questions, but I really want you to think about these things. This is real life here. Like your life is impacted and it's your responsibility to pay attention to what is serving you and what is no longer serving you. In what ways have you been taught to either stop, pause, love, refuel, give grace, hold compassion for yourself and others daily, or abandon your needs for the sake of others? And this is like a modern day psychological martyrdom, by the way. Have you been taught to feel shame for wanting more, for shame for taking care of yourself, shame for building your life and, and being happy and experiencing joy, or, 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 or being told not to stand in your truth for fear of being outcasted? Oh, there are so many moving parts. And, and, and difficult emotions. And we are being tasked to filter a lot of this shit these days. We are being tasked to do that on our own and we don't have the skills to do that. Do you have the skills to do that? It's, it's like one thing after another and that's why we are feeling the burnout and that's why we are feeling this indecisiveness this inability to to take care of 
our lives <laughs> to take care of ourselves with love and grace. So let's break this down, shall we? What is self-worth? How is it measured? How does your personal worth affect you? Let's let's think about this for a sec. Okay, actually, I want to do a quick exercise. <laughs> uh, because, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I talk about worth often. I Worth often. I talk about the conditioned mind or domestication. These are all things that are being a part of this podcast that, that are truly truly fundamental pillars of what I value and what I teach as a coach. But I want you to just sort of like take a step back. Take a step back. Let's let's sort of distance ourselves from what's happening in the world. All right? And and create sort of like a little bubble around you right now just just for the sake of this exercise. So, on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being like poor, shitty, not good, <laughs> and 10 being amazing, awesome, the best, okay? How would you rank yourself on the following things, okay? I'm just gonna say some things, and I want you to think about, on a scale of one to 10, where you are on, like, in relation to these things. So number one would be your cooking. Rate yourself, scale of one to 10, good, bad. Bad, good, cooking. Now, what about your driving? right? If you're a parent, rate yourself as a parent. How good of a parent do you think you are? I mean, if you're not a parent, maybe like if you're a daughter or a son or a sister or like identify yourself with some sort of, how do you identify? Now rate yourself on a scale of one to 10. Are you good or bad? What about your body? Rate yourself on a scale of one to 10, one being good, 10 being bad. Where do you land there? Let's get a bit more specific. Specifically, your skin. What's your skin like? Scale of 1 to 10. Switching directions here, your finances, your bank account, your savings, your retirement, your income. All of those things wrapped into one big shiny package. Scale of 1 to 10. Where are you on your finances? Let's talk about your wardrobe. How you dress. Your fashion statements. (laughs) how much your clothes are worth, how many clothes you have, what you wear, one to 10. How about how smart you are? How smart are you? How about how lovable you are? How lovable do you think you are? Scale of one to 10. So who answered 10 out of 10 on all of those things (laughs) and meant it? This is just like a super quick exercise to give you an idea of how you see yourself, where you've positioned yourself against your culture, your your country, your friends, your inner circles. In other words, how you've attached value or worth to skills, standards, ability, assets, and your physical body. You have an idea of what is good and what is bad. And then you've just quickly ranked yourself according to your life experiences with these subjects, right? So why aren't you a 10 out of 10 in cooking? Why isn't your body a 10 out of 10? Well, in short, 
it's not whatever that number was is a number you you've agreed to at one point or another this that you're cooking to, for your cooking to be amazing or for your body to be amazing it needs to be a certain way it needs to uh, be compared to a certain standard, right? You are comparing to a certain standard. You've agreed to conditions, expectations, and standards. And those conditions and expectations and standards rank you amongst others, all right, in your, your life, throughout your experiences. This is also called your domestication. Every single number that you gave is is how is a reflection of your domestication all right now domestication is the system of reward and punishment all right it looks like this every time you get something right or meet a condition expectation or standard you get a reward <laughs> which could look like praise a raise validation uh or even just a personal pride Okay, so rewards aren't necessarily medals. I mean, they certainly can be, but they can they can feel like a badge of honor, a hypothetical badge of honor. Are you with me? So whatever the reward is, getting something right makes you happy. Being right um, being makes you good. Okay, so in other words, um, um, when you when you get it right, you are good. Punishment comes when you do something wrong and the ways that you are punished by others or that you self-punish will always be the same regardless of your culture of your upbringing of your understanding of the world the punishment will always be self-judgment and conditional love i will only love you if i can only be loved if or when or should i or whatever Okay, so let's use the example of being domesticated as a child. I love this example. I use it a lot. Uh, so you may have heard it. But let's just say uh, you're a kid and you don't want to finish your broccoli. Now, you were told that not finishing everything on your plate was wrong. You may have even been shamed and made to believe that only... Uh, not only that you were wrong, but, but you're also ungrateful and that there's starving kids in Africa who would kill to be in your shoes right now, who would love to eat this broccoli, All right? So this is how domestication works at its finest. You're a kid, you're listening with blind faith that what you're being told is true. Even though you A, don't love broccoli, B, you're full and don't want to eat anymore, and C, you have zero knowledge of the lives of the children in Africa and what's really going on there, but you're being told this, and you're being told this, and you're being told to go against the way you feel for fear of being wrong, right? So years later, as an adult, let's fast forward. If you don't finish your plate, your internal voice is not is now not the voice of your caretaker it's now your voice of self-judgment it comes back and barks at you because this is now your belief and your story you're self-domesticating and you will eat to avoid guilt rather than satisfy hunger you will eat to avoid guilt all right this is how we are conditioned. So we do things to avoid being wrong, to feel bad, to
to feel wrong. Now, I want to remind you that there is absolutely no blame for this. Everyone was doing their best and what they were told to do, really, or how they were told to do it. This is domestication. This is the current human condition that has existed for generations. The point is to become free of it. The point is to become free of the judgment of yourself and the judgment of others to build your self-worth. So why am I telling you this? I'm telling you this because you are a 10 out of 10 in all areas of your life. You are 100% valued, you're 100% lovable, you're 100% worthy, you're a 10 out of 10 at cooking, at driving. You are doing your best. That means you're a 10 out of 10. It's simply how you've been domesticated and conditioned in your life to believe otherwise. Breaking free of the domestication is a fundamental pillar for my life and for my coaching practice, in my one-on-one coaching program, learning to become aware and striving to recognize the ways in which you've been domesticated is the key to abundance. The abundance of self-worth, the abundance of mental and emotional freedom. Imagine what your life would be like if, or feel like, if you knew and believed and behaved like a 10 out of 10 in all areas, imagine. It's like in some, in some ways it's like almost unimaginable. But, but take a breath here. Let's take a deep breath. And let's uh, let go of a little bit of that tension. And just imagine what your life would be like. How wonderful and freeing it would be to break down the walls and the structure, you know, the conditions, the expectations you feel from others to behave and look and be a certain way. Imagine if that all disappeared. This is one of my favorite moments. And I think I spoke about this on my last podcast, but the moments that, you know, my, like the people that I work with, the moment that they break free from that, that idea, from the narratives that, that, the narrative that can, the conditioned belief when they break free, it's just an unbelievable moment. It's my favorite thing ever when a person who has lived their entire life thinking a certain way, following their internal rules religiously for fear of being wrong, because if they don't do that, they are bad, right? When, when they see that this is just one of a million sets of rules, billions because each person has their own set of rules. So there's 7 billion sets of rules <laughs> that they've been trained or programmed with their childhood to see what it is for the first time is the most powerful aha moment that could ever, ever exist. And now I am not talking about, uh, now I don't want you to confuse your like morals and your life rules and your values and and how you and your domestication with general safety of people. You know, like we do have law and order in our societies to protect people. And that's not really what I'm questioning even though you can go to a deeper level and witness your like use your awareness practice to witness your attachment to certain rules for example if you like 
don't come to a full stop at a stop sign. Are you a bad person? What have you been conditioned to believe? If you um, steal a loaf of bread, are you a bad person? If you steal a loaf of bread to feed your starving child because you have no money, are you a bad person? And where, where do we weigh these all these elements of life? Because it is very complex. It's not just black and white here. There are many versions of right and wrong. And coming to, to recognize the, this and break free from the structure that, and people call it containers, they call it um, all sorts of things, programming. But when they break free from that, Oh my gosh, it is an, so powerful. I was actually talking to my mom the other day. She had a colossal breakthrough within her own conditioned mind over the last few months. And I'm not going to get into specifics because it is very deeply personal. However, I will say <laughs> she feels like a different person. She saw something from a perspective that she had never considered allowed or even had the ability to acknowledge it could exist and boom right granted when we have these moments these breakthroughs these aha moments if you will it's not like all rainbows and butterflies and like woohoo i'm free you know releasing an attachment to something you've identified with for your whole life requires grieving, mourning. It's the death of who you thought you were, the death of what you thought you believed. There is a process of letting that go. For example, my mom cried for four straight days. <laughs> she had a shit ton of suppressed emotion that had, it had to come out. She had to release it. That emotion no longer needed to be buried. The, 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 the death of that belief and the way she saw the world it, like released this, this burden she had been carrying and, and the belief shifted. And then one of my favorite moments weeks later, and this is what we were talking about the other day, was she said, now I'm paraphrasing here, but something along the lines of, I can't believe the switch. I can't believe how much I was attached to that belief and how much it controlled my life. And then she said, once you see it, you can't unsee it. And that is awesome. I like that is, can you imagine the freedom of that? Right? So let's swing back to self-worth because with all the chaos happening in the world and the posturing, which is how you are positioning yourself in the world based off what you think is right, what you think is wrong, and what you think you know, right? The posturing is intense. This is the ego positioning yourself and others as superior or inferior, right? Especially others. It's the othering. The posturing is very othering right now. Uh, in other words, right or wrong, posturing is what you do let me rephrase. Okay. Posturing, it's what you've been conditioned to do when your sense or idea of rightness is being questioned or attacked. It's behavior that's intended to impress or mislead. Okay. So here's the thing about that. <laughs> We're forgetting that 
two or more things can be true at the same time. That life is not binary. Life is not all or nothing. Life is not black and white. We're forgetting that even in times of chaos, you can take care of yourself guilt-free. And it's the yes and situation. This is the most powerful lesson in life. Yes, this can be true. And this other thing can also be true. Yes, people are suffering. And there is harsh, shitty things that are happening in this world that cause you to feel unsafe. And you are allowed to interrupt that cycle and downregulate and teach yourself how to come back to the moment and feel safe. So yes, things can be unsafe around you and you are allowed to feel safe. All right? In other examples, yes, diet culture and beauty standards exist and you are a 10 out of 10 regardless. Yes, um, Gordon Ramsay says a dumpling needs to be X, Y, Z. <laughs> and your dumplings are incredible as very different. They look different. They taste different. They, they cook different. The size is different. Everything, and they're incredible. Yes, you can feel grief over loss and grieve loss and see the joy in life, all right? Your worth, your opinion about yourself, your opinion about what is right and wrong is not binary. Example, you can be wrong and still be 100% worthy of love. <laughs> Being wrong doesn't make you a bad person. This is the conditioned mind. This is a conditioned belief. This is something you've been told and agreed to and attached meaning to in your life. You've attached meaning to it. And that's why, you know, some people can get fired and be okay with it. Others are like, oh my God, my life is over. People can have a super messy kitchen when a guest arrives and others can't. Like that is such a faux pas. You know, others like, you, you know, you know, when you walk into someone's house and they're like, oh, I'm so sorry for the mess. I'm so embarrassed. It's because they've attached meaning to their worth. Like their kitchen is a representation of who they think they are. And having it being messy means that they're bad. Right. Someone can gain 10 to 20 pounds during a global pandemic and be incredibly in love with their bodies while other people are punishing themselves. They hate themselves, they're ashamed. Why is that? It's because those people or that person has gr either grown up in an environment that doesn't attach meaning to those things or they've learned to detach from it. If someone doesn't, if someone's completely in love with their body regardless of size or what it looks like, they have not attached meaning to the outcome, okay? Do you get it? So when your friend buys a brand new Porsche and you feel less than because you've, like this means you have attached meaning to the idea that driving a Porsche makes you a better person and therefore you're posturing yourself as inferior, 
right? And if you haven't learned that or attached meaning to it, you wouldn't care or compare or even notice. You following? Same goes with failure. You know, I have a friend who is not afraid to fail. It's She's like a, a unicorn. <laughs> so she puts herself out into the world. She takes, takes risks. And oh my goodness, is she ever successful. Her idea of failure is so detached from her self-worth that it's almost impossible to relate to her in some regards. Like she'll say things like, why not? What's the worst thing that could happen? Why wouldn't I do it? Just do it. What are you so afraid of? And I'm like, oh my God, the list is <laughs> like a thousand points, bullet points long. She'll say, what are you waiting for? And I'm like, oh my God, here's my list again. This is what I'm waiting for, right? And, 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 and she's actually been a big teacher in my life because she grew up learning that failure was a value, it was a valuable tool to success that we must fail to grow and learn as a human. Failure is not wrong. And when you fail, you are not bad. So that's the, that's the belief. She, she has not attached meaning to failure the way that I have. She has not been domesticated to agree to the same definition of failure. Failure is not being wrong. It just simply is. It's a part of life. How interesting is that as a perspective? So when we see all the domestication of people at work here and at play, when, when someone speaks, when someone says something to you, it's not a reflection of you, even though you've been conditioned to internalize it as that. Nothing anyone says or does is personal ever. We've just been conditioned to believe that it is. Every single thing that someone does and says, how they act, behave, react, all of that is not a reflection of you. It's a reflection of them. It's their program. It's their learnings, their attachment to meanings, their responses. It's not you. You have nothing to do with someone else's behavior with their words, with their actions. It's very, very powerful, very powerful in establishing and cultivating and growing and filling your cup. This is, this is how we remember our worth is to detach, all right? So yesterday I posted on Instagram, uh, five signs you're giving your worth away. Is that what it's called? Hold on. Let me just check here. Yeah, five signs you are giving your worth away. So, so these are ways, some are subtle and some are not so subtle that we've been conditioned to posture ourselves as inferior so that we can appear <laughs> to be superior to other people. This is like how we abandon ourselves to, for the sake of like what other people might think or, or to come across as having our shit together. When really our ins inside, we're like this chaos and we don't know what to do about it. Like even someone, like I had literally like five or six people either in the comments or in the DM say, I don't know how to do that. How do I start? Okay, so so the, it, the ways in which we've learned to appear right when the reality is, is that we're abandoning who we are is, is actually remarkable. So for those of you who, who didn't see the post, I'm going to read these five things. Uh, number one, 
you have difficulty, you, excuse me, <laughs> I can't read. You have a very difficult time asking for help and then worry what other people might think of you for asking for help, right? That's, that's, that's a sign that you're giving your worth away. Number two, you test people you love in extreme ways, like pushing them away. Because after all the abuse you've given them, if they're still there, you would feel worthy. Now, this is a big one. When, when you live in a pe- perpetual state of inferiority, like you constantly feel like you aren't good enough, you really um, feel unlovable, like everyone's better than you, you can't get your shit together, and that love is conditional. When you feel like love is conditional, this is a big lesson, when you're in an inferior or victim mindset, what happens is you victimize yourself and you push people away. You push them away so that when they stay, you will have a sense of worthiness. You will say, even after all of this, they still want to be with me. That means I am worthy. This is a very powerful observation in your life. I mean, this is this is something that really impacted my life. I did this constantly, constantly with people, constantly for years. I pushed them away because if they stayed, that meant that I was of value to them, even when I was such a bitch and so mean, okay? Number three, you do things for compliments and when they aren't given, you get angry. So this one's funny because like, how many times have you said, oh, well, I didn't do it for the compliment or I didn't do it so that they, you know, I just did it for, um, because I wanted to, but there's like this little chink in the, in the crack in the wall, in the, in the container because you wanted them to see you. You did it because you wanted them to see you and when they didn't see you, it hurt, okay? But we convince ourselves that we, we aren't uh, doing it for the validation, right? For the love to be seen. It's very interesting. Number four, you feel second class or less than people you admire. And this kind of goes um, a little bit deeper in the sense that... <clears throat> Certain people are superior to you, all right? So like that friend who drives the Porsche, they're better than you. When you feel that way, when you feel like someone's better than you, you are abandoning your worth, period. That's a conditioned response or belief that they are better than you. They're not. Everyone's a 10 out of 10, all right? Then the last one that I wrote in this list is you neglect your own needs for the sake of someone else's needs or approval. Otherwise known as dun, dun, people pleasing to all the people pleasers in here. It's like, yes, you can give others time and affection and love and not be a people pleaser. People pleasing is when you abandon your needs. Okay, so you give yourself away for the sake of others, instead of filling your cup, like imagine filling your own cup first and, and filling your needs first. How much more love, how much more you will have to give 
But instead, we see that we've been conditioned to believe that our needs don't matter in our lives. So do any of these things resonate with you? (laughs) I hope they do. I hope that they do, that one or more of these things do. Why? Because the ways in which we abandon ourselves are not taught to us. We don't talk about this stuff. We don't talk about it because we feel like we're wrong and that there's something wrong with us if we do these things. I'm here to tell you, there's nothing wrong with you. All right? And and like, it's just, it's gross how many circles of friends and cultures and and like media even that glorify self-abandonment like we tell people to abandon their needs and wants and values and then give them a badge of honor for doing it what the fuck are we doing why what is that that's This is killing us. It's creating division and discriminating and it's exhausting and depleting and unloving. It's unloving to not love yourself. It's unloving to constantly sacrifice yourself for someone else that is not worthy of a badge of honor. That's just how you have been conditioned to believe. It's the reason you never get what you want or feel fulfilled and you're constantly looking like you can't sit with yourself you can't sit alone with yourself and just be okay you have to fill the space with something else you have to avoid your relationship with yourself this is what happens when we're constantly giving ourselves away that when we finally have a moment to to be with us we can't we we can't Isn't that an interesting perspective? If you can't sit with yourself and nourish yourself when you're alone, this is, this is an an example of, of conditioned self disrespect, self abandonment, right? The bottom line is that there are many ways we behave that indicate we're not standing in our worth all of which are learned they're tied to us and we have agreed to it we've agreed to not only believe that that's true but then self-domesticate and keep reminding ourselves of these rules whether they serve us right now or not in other words you are worthy af you are a 10 out of 10 you've just been taught to believe otherwise and your worth in this world is and always will be a 10 out of 10 and if you don't feel that way however you want to feel that way you want to feel worthy and loved and like yourself and improve your relationship with yourself and become a front burner thinker is how I like to to do it because most of us are living on the back burner. We're not going to speak up around certain issues that make us feel small because of the fear of being small or, or, or being punished or being wrong, right? What you can do is stop spending your alone time on your phone, distracting yourself or numbing yourself distractions. 
Stop watching mainstream media. Stop. I've, I haven't watched mainstream media for six years. I'm still alive. Nothing bad's happened to me except for I've connected to myself. I am no longer being influenced by a bias. All right? Stop allowing others access to you 24-7. Unconditional love does not mean unconditional access. Stop believing everything you hear, especially when it doesn't make sense to you. Question. You're allowed. You're allowed. Start meditating and clearing your mind. Start spending alone time being creative. Start working with a life coach to learn new skills and perspectives. Start paying attention to how you invest your time and your money and your energy. Our worth is a huge part of our worth is our investments, our investments in ourselves. All right, start questioning narratives that don't feel right anymore. So important. The way you show up in this world is a direct reflection of how you feel about yourself. Why wouldn't you want to explore this further? Right? In what ways have you been conditioned to not explore or, or, or to stay hidden and small? Why don't you want to live, be, and believe you are a 10 out of 10? Who's stopping you? Who's standing in your way? It's not you versus the world. It's you versus you. It's always, 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 always been you versus you. Your knowledge, what you think you know. Okay, so today I want to leave you with a quote from Will Smith. <laughs> I love him. I love this quote and I'm probably going to make a reel with it because it's just so, so good. Okay, here's the quote. <laughs> the question isn't, can you handle the situation? The question is, can you handle your mind can you manage your thoughts and your emotions that are poisoning your progress? Forget managing the situation. Manage your mind. Oh, so good. It literally like gave me goosebumps. All right, that's all for today. Okay, I'm over here giving you a big virtual hug because you just finished another episode of the Elisa Unfiltered Podcast. If you haven't done so yet, I'd love for you to share the love and head over to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Spotify and give this show a five-star rating. I'll give you bonus points for leaving a written review. And if you're looking for more, head over to elisaunfiltered.com for show notes and all the links to all things Elisa Unfiltered. Have the best day, everyone. Until next time.